0: If you want to move up, you have to get really comfortable with uh, people maybe not uh, liking you or getting angry. Sometimes they say they're getting pissed off because you have to start refocusing uh, priorities and everything you say yes to means you're saying no to something else.
1: So welcome to this week's episode. I'm sitting here this afternoon with my guest, Tammy Herman, Senior Vice President of Leadership Transformation for Lee Hecht Harrison, which happens to be one of our 2017 On the Road sponsors. How are you this afternoon, Tammy? I'm great. Thank you, Paige. Before we go deeper into your current role, could you please tell our audience of how you began and a little bit about your background in the industry?
0: Yeah, sure. I've always been drawn to working in leadership development. And even when I took forays into other HR areas, whether it was recruiting or an HR business partner, I always came back to this passion for helping leaders, helping them understand their, their accountabilities and and how they're changing and, and certainly in, you know, how to, how to be confident in in some of the skills, if we're being honest, that we're not so great at as humans, like providing feedback and influencing. So I engaged in a series of roles over my career both inside organizations and in consulting to really learn the craft of designing programs, facilitating, and then I headed up a a global leadership function. So for a number of years, I, I was doing that when I was presented with a really interesting opportunity about over a decade ago by my CEO at the time, who said, we're about to in a partnership with an organization who was known for putting on motivational luncheons for women. And they were looking for a leadership development partner because they didn't want to just inspire women. They really wanted to help you know move the needle on on gender diversity. And the interesting thing at the time was it just felt like another project that was put on my plate and and I didn't realize what a passion it would become for me. And how much I'd love working with women who were wrestling with, you know, how to have more impact, uh, operate in a male dominated world and, and still be the type of mother, wife or, or daughter that, that they desired. So over the past
1: 20 years of leadership development, I've spent about 10 of those years working specifically with women. Oh, wow. That's 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 great. And, and absolutely a passion of mine. Like you said, in a male dominated industry. So now that we kind of know where you started, can we discuss your journey from then into your current position now as a Senior Vice President of Leadership Transformation and some of the challenges that you've really had to face during that time?
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I work in a in a global role now where I'm helping our organization really understand what are our biggest client challenges and how can we kind of create the solutions and, and services to help them address that. And one of the big ones that I think almost every organization is talking about today is is how do they uh, get and keep women in their leadership pipelines. So what I'm focused on currently is really trying to shed some new light on this chronic problem of how to advance more women in leadership. Mm -hmm. And we've just released the findings uh, from a study we conducted that describes what are organizations, those that are successful, what are they doing to make real progress on this initiative? And Paige, there aren't a lot of them, to be honest, (laughs) that are uh, happy with the speed of their progress. I can imagine yeah. But what we found out is that bottom line uh, the daily behaviors of people managers, right, of female talent have the greatest impact on on their organization's ability to kind of keep and and uh, advance women. And it's funny because organizations have been investing for decades. This isn't a new this isn't a new challenge we're faced with we've been at this for a, a long time uh, but we haven't been investing in the right things and so i call these these champions of female talent these these people leaders who you know really engage in some different behaviors day to day and so that's kind of what we found out and now i'm working on some programs to
1: uh, to go along with that right so you've you've conducted this the survey and uh, and i find it rather interesting because you know, it's not something I only feel it's very important to our industry, but it's 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 so many so many people just like you were saying. So can you tell us a little bit more of, about your study and it's called Elevating Women in Leadership and how you feel it's that much more important to our industry?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what um what we've been finding is that organizations haven't in, been investing maybe in a a leadership program for women, or maybe a new policy of flex time or, or something like that, or a networking, you know, type of, of group. And, and I'm sure, you know, in, in your industry, you would have a, a lot of those. And those are all great initiatives. But what we're finding is that on their own, they're not having the impact. And so in, in of course, you know, the the sector you're talking about, it's, it's hard to even get women interested in, in those careers. And and so retaining them and creating the culture in the organizations to keep keep them is really important. And so we were finding that there's kind of these top five behaviors that people managers uh, need to demonstrate to really create that inclusive, uh, gender-inclusive culture. And so there are things like creating opportunities to network informally that are inclusive of, you know, everyone's interests and everyone's schedules. And I think in, in, in this sector in particular, you know, there's a lot of boys' club activities that happen. And it's important to give everyone the opportunity to create those those relationships with people in decision-making powers in ways that are, you know, accessible and comfortable to everyone.
1: And it's it, it's really funny that you call it boys' club. Because I've, I've actually used that phrase myself uh, in this industry and in my situations. I didn't know I was the, you know, wasn't the only one, I guess. Yeah, and, and there's
0: you know there's a lot of uh, sectors that, that we uh, that hear about that have that whether it's um, you know certain parts of financial institutions or mining or organizations and uh, you know in, in your industry for example where there's lots of STEM careers and engineers and it, it's just always been very male dominated and so it's it's hard for females to feel kind of comfortable uh, in those environments.
1: Okay, so there's five. Distinguishing behaviors that you've you've kind of gone over can can you get a little deeper into that
0: yeah, so I, I talked about the first one, kind of the informal networking. the second one we found is giving females exposure and profile to senior leaders and decision makers and I was just with a, a group of women last week in a pharmaceutical company and and there's lots of scientists and similar technical backgrounds like you would find in your industry and and they were talking about concern that when they're leading these projects, do people at the top even know? Their managers, you know, kind of take their work, take the presentation that they formed and, and shop it up the chain and they're not even sure that they're getting credit for that. And and so these champions of of females, you know, understand that you don't just give profile in people's you know, when you're directly with them, but when you're not with them in their absence as well, are you showcasing their work? So that's another very real challenge for uh, for women. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah, so the third one is uh, provide coaching and feedback that builds business acumen. So this is a really interesting one. There was a, a really neat study in a, in a large organization that looked at the differences in feedback that men and women were receiving. And they looked at written performance reviews because, you know, they would have some data to analyze. And what they found was that in the women's reviews, there was just less words on the page. There was a lot less there than in the, in the men's And what was there was tied a lot to communication style versus the men's that talked a lot more about business outcomes. And we've also found that males often receive more mentorship and sponsorship and coaching around building the business and and building those skills that are required to lead a business versus more of the presence, confidence, and communication style that that women tend to get more uh, coaching around.
1: That's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially the wording, the, the, there's more words for the men, less for the women, there's more of the empathetic language, per se.
0: Yeah, and, and one really interesting one that, that a lot of people, if you kind of know a bit about the gender research, aren't surprised around is that when the word assertive was used, it was used 75% of the time in women's, you know, feedback versus 25% of the time with men. And assertive was not viewed as a good thing. It was, uh, you know, asked to kind of tone down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that.
0: Yeah, that's, hmm, mm-hmm. okay. So that double double stereotype coming in into play there. The fourth one is is something I spend a lot of time with women on, and, and this is uh, having career and coaching conversations that challenge negative self perceptions. And so you may have heard, Paige, the research around you know women will only put themselves forward if they if they think they have 100% of the qualifications for a, a, a job versus a man who will you know still apply if if there's a, a lot less of the qualifications they feel they meet. And this this negative self talk that we get ourselves into around you know am I ready? Am I good enough? Should I speak? in this meeting? Do I have something smart enough to say? Is something that is, is typically acute for women. And so a great talent manager, a great leader will help help if they see those in women, you know, challenge, hey, I think you're ready for this next piece. What do you think? And, you know, what's holding you back from that? And how can I support? And what, you know, what does success look like? And what do you need to do to feel confident there? So it's just
1: a little bit di- a different approach to the coaching conversation. Yeah, it it certainly is. Uh, I guess maybe I was, I grew up, you know, knowing there's never a a dumb question, even if you're unsure, always ask, always try to figure out more. So I kind of see how people, women would would almost keep a little quiet until they're 100% sure that what they're going to say doesn't have some kind of consequence, I guess. So what's the next one? Yeah. So as us go through the top five. The last uh, top five
0: here is a uh, challenge self and others around unconscious biases. And this is a tough one. This is how do we create safe environments on our teams in our organizations where Anyone can say, you know, hey, have we considered this or, or you know, this doesn't seem right or have we thought about this decision fully enough and is there others, uh, you know, who, who might be deserving or, or wanting? So this notion of, of, of it's really hard for us to identify our own biases, but it sure is easy to see it in others. And so can we create a, environments where we're helping each other with that? That's kind of the, the fifth one that, that came to the surface as, as one of the top behaviors of these People,
1: leader, champion. Right. And and so they're there top behaviors, but aren't there, shouldn't there be more behaviors? And, and what would those be? There is, we looked at about
0: 10 in, in um, total, and these were the ones that kind of came to the top five, but, it, but some of the uh, some of the others were things like, you know, just uh, hiring and pro- promoting more women. So are you getting them in the queue when you have an open role? Are you uh, filling them with some diverse candidates? Uh, things like providing flexibility, you know, ensuring that there's equal access to stretch assignments. So the funny thing, Paige, is that as I talk about these, I don't know if it's striking you These are just good people leader strategies. If I'm a manager, I want to make sure everyone on my team has, you know, equal opportunity and that I'm spending time uh, coaching and and providing the flexibility, male or female, that that anyone needs. And so on the one hand, you know, these are just good people management practices. On the other hand, yeah, champions of of females know that they they might just have to take a nuanced approach uh,
1: to some of these things kind of think outside of the box and and, mm-hmm. and right so is there anything else you wanted to cover in the study
0: I guess maybe I'll just I'll offer that uh, in, in addition to uh, the people manager behaviors, what we looked at is what is the culture that's, uh, that really defines a gender inclusive culture and what are some of those things. We also looked at what are some of the practices, you know, the formal uh, policies and programs that really hit the mark. And then what are the behaviors and beliefs of women themselves who are successful in advancing? What are they doing more frequently or differently than others? So we really took a comprehensive uh, approach to, to saying it's not just one a silver bullet that, that's going to fix this challenge in organizations. It's really a, a combination of, of factors. And so we, we certainly, you know, would provide this report to anyone. It's, it's free and up on our website if, if they wanted to kind of have a look and, at it. And the, I'll be I'll
1: sure this. to put that in our show notes so that anybody that mm-hmm. wants access to it can definitely get to it easily. Perfect. So if you had one piece of advice to give to our audience, what would it be?
0: Yeah. So, you know, there's no shortage of advice out there for women who are looking to advance. So I, I'm, not, I'm not going to spend time there. I'm going to provide my advice to, to people leaders, uh, men and, and women. And we have to start paying attention to the subtle, kind of subtle biases and things that occur in our organizations every day. So I have a perfect example. I was working with a group last week, and someone told the story, of one of their senior male leaders and he was receiving requests by employees kind of lower in his organization, a couple levels beneath him for career chats. You know, can I have half an hour of your time? I'd love to talk about your, my career. And at first he was happily engaging in these conversations and then he noticed, you know, more and more requests were coming when something kind of tweaked inside him and he wanted to ask a broader question. And so he pulled out his org chart for his division, and he validated that he actually had a fairly even gender mix in his group, yet only young males were asking for these chats. None huh. of the women were. Yeah. Interesting, And so he asked his assistant to schedule these, what he called, you know, one up career meetings with everyone, because he recognized that for some reason, the women were asking and, and he didn't think it was because they couldn't, you know, benefit from the time or that they didn't want the opportunity inter- to interact with him. So it's a perfect example of small things, you know, you can do to kind of take a step back and, and not make the assumption, as we often all do, that the person knocking down our door the loudest is the one that, you know, wants the opportunity or wants a promotion. It, it doesn't always work that way.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. Which book influenced you the most?
0: Hmm, I some reason can't let go of a book called Einstein's Dreams, and I don't expect many of your listeners to to have heard of it. It's a novel uh, by Alan Lightman, and I read it many years ago when I was building a leadership development function. So it is it's fiction, but it's this magical collection of stories positioned as dreams that Einstein may have had about time. Ooh. And so, yeah, it's really really interesting. And so in one in one story, you know, time is cyclical and it goes over and over again, kind of like the Groundhog Day movie. Yeah, I was just about to say. (laughs) (laughs) And in another story, you know, time stands still and so on and so on. And so it, it, it influenced me because it made me look at possibility and it challenged me to recognize that you know much like we've been talking about our judgments and our assumptions about the way things are you know time is time we know how it works or or do we and so it just always stuck with me because it, it really challenges me to kind of open my mind and, and think broader about what could be possible
1: i like that that's 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 super neat mhm what would you say is your most used business tool Hmm. I would say
0: my ability to build relationships, and whether it's with clients or colleagues or individuals on my team, uh, I've been pretty good at collaborating with others uh, to achieve some pretty cool things. And I kind of, when you first said tool, I was like, well, you know, I was thinking my computer flashed through my mind, and you know, my my all my devices, and I thought, you know, sometimes. Those, when overused, actually get in the way of connection and relationships.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. So for business, I'd say my ability to build relationships. Yeah. And that kind of ties into your title. So that works out very well. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is your most important lesson learned?
0: Hmm. Well, the one I've been speaking to high potential women a lot about lately is how to move from the tactical daily grind that women are known for (laughs) to execution and really getting things done with excellence uh, to that strategic uh, realm where women are not as well known for. And I realized uh, that to progress, I needed to free up space, not just to work in the business, but to show that I could work on the business. And so I did a number of things differently when I put my mind to it. I pushed my comfort level to delegate more. I started showing up in meetings differently in terms of how I asked questions and how I communicated with more confidence, I got a lot better at what I was saying yes and no to, and then I really started building the relationships more broadly that I would need to get important work done and, and to advance. And so if you want to be known as a strategic business leader and you want to move up, you have to spend time in those endeavors. Uh, and far too many women have the capability, but they get mired uh, in the weeds and get known for being great executors and not as great at the strategic piece.
1: Right. And, and it's, it is, and I can speak from experience. It's exceptionally hard to come out of your comfort zone and, and vocalize or, or even show by action that you're trying to improve, you're trying, you're, you're your biggest critic, in my opinion. I, I
0: agree with you. Uh, I often say to, uh, to leaders in my class, if, if you want to move up, you have to get really comfortable with uh, people maybe not uh, liking you or getting angry. Sometimes they say they're getting pissed off because you have to start refocusing uh, priorities and everything you say yes to means you're saying no to something else. And, and if you beat yourself up because you know, you're not spending time doing this or, you're, or someone's angry at you over here or you're not capable of, of you know, doing something different. Uh, you do become your own worst enemy in that regard.
1: So who would you say is your most uh, respected competitor?
0: Yeah, so it's interesting. So our business has a lot of, of different parts to it. And we are kind of the number one global career transition firm in the world. However, our biggest competition is that our clients don't know as much about the amazing work we do in other areas. And we operate in one of the most fragmented industries. And we don't know who we're up against day to day. It could be a business school one day, a training company the next, or an individual single entrepreneur. And so what this has taught me is to be very disciplined about sharing kind of how we can help organizations manage their talent and better build their leaders for the future because, you know, we're not, we're not as known uh, to customers in that way.
1: Great answer. What's your favorite podcast?
0: Oh, you mean besides yours. Oh, oh. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> How flattering. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I'm actually a really big fan of, of the TED, you know, first known for their TED Talks and now the, the TED Talks Daily. And there's really just two reasons. One, they're super short and I can digest them, whether I'm waiting to pick my daughter up from dance or whether I'm in an airport lounge. Uh, but it's just a cornucopia of brain candy. I mean, just last week, I learned about confidence and courage and vulnerability from a former professional wrestler. I mean, where where are you going to get that kind of uh, entertaining advice in in 11 minutes, right? Right. No
1: kidding. No kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that's, uh, yeah, that's that's still kind of some of my
1: my favorite. Perfect. Okay. I feel it's only appropriate that we announce this week's winner of the $200 steak dinner from the Capital Grill. Congratulations to... Joe P. If you want to win a $200 steak dinner from the Capitol Grill, and why wouldn't you, right, Tammy? That's right. <laughs> Visit com forward slash podcast every week. Enter your information and listen to next week's show to see if your name is chosen. As always, a link will be provided in the show notes to make it easier to enter. As the relentless protector of those that power the world, Bulwark is the leader, not to mention the largest manufacturer of flame resistant clothing globally. So once you've signed up for that steak dinner, be sure to check out the rest of Bulwark's website to learn more. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tammy. If people want to reach out to you and learn more about Lee Hecht Harrison, how might they go about doing that?
0: Sure. My email is tammy.hearman at lhh.com or of course our website uh, or connect with me on LinkedIn where I have a lot of uh, articles and, and blogs uh,
1: in, the, in the areas that we talked about today. And that reminds me, I need to do that too. <laughs> All right, so that concludes this episode. Just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. Tune
0: in next week for another intriguing episode of Bullwark's Oil & Gas Industry Leaders podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.